0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast Between Everything and Nothing. For those of you that are new to the channel, my name is Mohammed and today I have a special guest with us. We got fresh pharmacist, best friend, and roommate for four years in Chicago, Ali
1: Mukhtar, with us today. Hey, what's going on, guys? Glad to be here. I'm looking to see where this channel goes over time.
0: Before that, I think they should get a little background on how we met each other for the first time. So back in the day, we both went to University of michigan Dearborn, and, you know, I I usually really keep to myself back in undergrad, not really talk to a lot of people, but then we had Ali here, or Al, as other ones do or Mac, aka Mac, aka Big Mac, and he was always walking around the halls, big man on campus, things like that. I remember seeing him with, like, these little ducklings following him around, and then, you know, one day we just happened to be in class together, and you want to take over the rest?
1: Yeah, I do. You threw us way back, man, way back. I'm starting to smell those uh, cold egg sandwiches we used to have every morning. (laughs) Oh, man. Some things you just don't forget. So, yeah, you know, the university center is, I guess, was the hot spot on campus. It's where a lot of people met. Um, I remember running into uh, Eddie Reston, and he introduced you, told me you were his cousin. And I didn't know you on a personal level at that point, but I just knew who you were. And I recall we had a few classes together. One of our first classes together was the uh, plant physio that we had. Shout out to Dr. Susco. And those bathrooms outside of das- Dr. Susco's class. I remember those were uh, very important to Mo every morning. <laughs> I always showed up to class on time, signed in then disappeared for about 20 minutes. And <laughs> made it into my second classroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you made it back to class in time just to say bye to everybody, and then, you know, on to the next day. It wasn't until uh, we had our calculus class when we really started getting closer. I mean, at that point, you have no choice when your class consists of literally seven students. <laughs> that was
0: so funny. And one of them was this one student, I guess he was either in the military or something, who just did not give, like, a crap about this class at all. He literally would come in, hand in exams with his name on it, and walk
1: back out. Yeah, I remember one exam we had. So, you know, I was never the brightest in the bunch. But uh, I was getting by. But I remember struggling. We had a system going on where they used to make you do homework, like questions out of the book, and then online. So then we set up a system where I do the book work, you do all the online work, and that I started our friendship yeah. and- You know what's uh, funny, I was
0: actually friends with like your brother before you at the very beginning. So that's why I kind of related you to that because he like, I was new to Dearborn and he was like the gateway into the community around here. And that was it. And another thing is you were like the encyclopedia of who the girls were or what was happening around campus. Anyone I had an idea about, if I wanted to get to know them or things like that, i come talk to you as like my reference guy, and then get back to them.
1: Oh man, that encyclopedia took years of research to build. So you know, I'm glad uh, you can come to a reliable source. And back to back to calculus. I remember till this day. Every time I'm struggling in something, you remind me of the one exam. I performed better than you by a few points. I didn't even finish the exam. (laughs) I couldn't even complete it
0: all. I had to go to the professor.
1: It's been, let's see, we just finished the program right now. So it's been a good seven years, almost seven years, six years since that class. And every exam we've had since, when I feel down or I'm worried about not performing well, you always tell me, hey, remember that one calc exam you did a little better than me on? <laughs> you no,
0: know, not those exact words, but, you know, whatever helps you sleep better at night. And then after that, we started really getting to know each other by going to the gym together. And that's where I really got this culture shock on the whole bro culture here. So, Ali, like, you want to, like, walk us through that real quick? Because you probably have a better insight than I do. He's known as the one of the pioneer forefathers of gym culture in Dearborn.
1: So, uh, well, it wasn't easy growing up in the Metro-Dearborn area, <laughs> you know. I would have said Metro Detroit, but Dearborn, it may be a small city, but it's actually very large. Um, its It's got its own breed. Good word. Like, Its own breed. Like, you know, there's a bro code, but there's like a bro breed out here, you know. People from Dearborn are recognized all over the globe. I remember one time going on a trip to Panama with some friends, and as I'm sitting in the jacuzzi outside one of the hotels, some random guy looks at us and goes, hey, aren't you guys from Dearborn? Like, you can just be (laughs) spotted from anywhere. You You saw my brother there too, right? I did see your brother out there. (laughs) Um, But growing up in Dearborn, there's a few things that you have to enjoy. If you don't enjoy it at some point in your life, you will start enjoying it because you have no other choice but to enjoy it. And then you're going to regret not starting earlier. One of those things is working out. And there's a lot of people that work out and exercise. But working out in Dearborn is different. You have to be a whole different breed. That's
0: you know, actually very true because when I first moved here at the age of 16, I was like sheep, sheep to the slaughter to these guys. Because I never really worked out much. I mostly just played basketball here and there. And then walking with Ali, he would tell you, "Yo, like, oh, get on the bench and hit hundred reps of like bench press." I'm like, "Yo, what hundred reps you talking about?" <laughs> like you don't know see me like with arms of like twigs and like I weighed I think like a a buck eighty at that time. But you had to either adapt. The only way you're gonna survive.
1: Hey, at least you weighed a buck eighty. When I was getting started, I was about a buck twenty. My mom would let me outside on a windy day without putting stones in my boots so I don't get blown away. <laughs>
0: And honestly, I would never have ever believed that unless I actually saw the pics of you weighing 110 in high school. So I know how you survived. You know, like how these football players weren't
1: using you as flaws. (laughs) So luckily for me, I wouldn't call myself the class clown, but I also wasn't the cool kid and I wasn't the nerd. I was just the guy that went with the flow. I kind of rolled with all the crews and i just i got along with everyone everyone got along with me i never had problems with anyone nobody had problems with me and it kind of just went from there i went through uh some personal things towards the end of junior year of high school and that kind of was like that trigger mark for me to get into this whole bro culture going on in the metro dearborn area and it just went from there
0: well you've definitely come a long way from there Especially if, like, from the time I first met you till now, you're almost a whole different person, honestly. And like switching topics real quick, and because uh, you've been in the gym a lot, and you kind of showed me a lot of things that happen in the gym too. Would you say the steroid use is really rampant in your one? Is it a big thing, or is it just a kind of thing they just say to every big guy they see?
1: Um, to be completely honest, there is a good amount of use around. But every big person they see is just assumed to be on because... You were one of them.
0: Every time someone was with, you were always with me, someone would literally ask me, is he juicing? Is he on steroids? What's he taking? Can I get out of his <laughs> cycle? Things like that. And everyone in the gym has thought about it at least once in their lifetime.
1: That's true. Anybody that's been serious about the gym has thought about it at least once. And when people used to come up to me and tell me those things, it used to bother me. It got to like a personal level. I used to get extremely frustrated and pissed. But then a lot of people would tell me, why would you get pissed about it? Take it as a compliment. Take it to your, use it to your advantage. Let them believe whatever they want. Why would it affect you? And then uh, took that advice and it does make the world of a difference. Why should it matter what anyone does? Why does it matter if I use or don't use? But then after the years, uh, as the years progressed being in the gym more, using different facilities, training with different people, being around different people, you meet all sorts of people. And then, as you get people's trust, you get into their inner circle, and then you see what's going on. And then I start realizing why everyone always assumes when they see someone larger than them, uh, they say they're on steroids. And the reason why is because I have met so many people throughout the years and I'm not calling myself big, but I've gotten a lot bigger than how I was when definitely, I first for, started training. Definitely
0: from the 110 pounds, quick
1: 100 pounds from there. But there's a lot of people that are half my size, but it turns out they've been in the steroid game.
0: Yeah, I feel like that just comes down to people's bodies reacting differently to it and they're not probably taking the proper medications, proper cycles and things like that. So what's your stance on the issue? Like, what do you feel towards steroid use?
1: I personally don't have an issue with anybody using. I don't think it's for anyone. Like, I don't think it's for everyone. So I don't, I mean, I don't recommend younger kids. Like right now you got kids in high school, um, gear mm-hmm. and i mean like i said i have no problem with people using steroids but it just depends on who's using and when they're using um everybody's doing it the thing is and it depends on their intention i used to look at it where if i'm not going to be stepping on stage or competing there's no point in using but then again i kind of understand how other people look at it but even if you're doing it just for personal use and not for competition, just for yourself, that's still understandable, whereas majority of the population here is just everyone's taking whatever they can get their hands on just to impress the girl sitting next to them yeah. at the gym.
0: Yeah, because I kind of, with that, like I don't really believe in it for personal use. I'm more of even though i don't believe anyone should really take it if trying to improve himself physically especially like you said high schoolers taking it with gear unless you have a professional reason like even i don't agree with it but i understand more if someone taking it on stage someone trying to make money off of it i personally don't see the use for it as a personal hobby or this thing to do to get bigger in in the gym even though i've also made progress in the gym things like that but i don't feel like i need the extra edge that steroids and stuff would give me just to get to where I want to be.
1: Now I get where you're coming from. Some people is just, everyone has their hobbies and to some people certain things mean more than to others. 100%. So in regards to the use, I mean, I see there's a large amount of people using and age range goes, like I said, from high school to even people closer to 50s. Yeah. 50s. 50s and 60s. But people at an older age, I mean, that's on them. They've obviously been users from when they were younger. And there's, like I said, there's a lot of people that have been using for quite some time now. But when you look at them, you'll never guess that they're on anything. And they'll never admit it because they're ashamed that if someone hears that, oh, they've been using anabolic steroids and they look like this, that would be pathetic and more embarrassing for them. Mm -hmm. But the guys that actually have decent bodies actually train and use they don't care they speak freely of it they have no shame in it. oh
0: definitely another problem i feel like is lack of education in the topic because as you know you spent four years and you researched a lot about it we spent all this time learning about hormones what things happen in the body you're a pharmacist now you're about to be licensed in two months congratulations by the way
1: thanks man hopefully uh It happens within that two-month frame. This (laughs) pandemic, everything's been
0: getting postponed. This pandemic has been crazy, honestly. Like, I don't even know what to make of it anymore. I can kind of roll with the punches and see if I come out of it in one piece. So personally, I would say for everyone or anyone that did want to try, I would be against it. But if you were at least be old, first of all, at least be old enough at a good age where you can actually make a decision. Because 17 years old is not an adult age. Second, so at least educate yourself on what you're going to take and how you want to take it and get it from a reliable source before you really try anything out there. What, um, what are your final words on this topic?
1: I, uh, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think the most important thing, well, people at the end of the day are going to do what they want to do. You advise against something, you advise for something at the end of the day. If somebody wanted something, for example, for instance we're talking about the steroid use now, if someone wanted the steroids, whether you encourage them to do it or not, at the end of the day, if they really wanted it, they're going to get their hands on it somehow. Black market, Someone, some, someone's always going to know somebody. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing is just being educated on these products and how they're used because I've heard horror stories, and not only have I heard, I have seen with my own eyes like, how dumb or illiterate People can be when it comes to this topic mm-hmm. and the way they use these products. And when asked, like, why are you doing it this way? Or why are you doing this? They're like, oh, the guy I bought it from told me to do this, or the guy yeah. I got it from told me to do that. Or they watch
0: a YouTube video for like five minutes, seeing some of these guys or inject across, God knows what. Or
1: coming across some random forum they found on Google. Or so bodybuilding.com. <laughs> right. So just as long as they're educated with what they're using, how to properly use it. and they actually get everything they need for what they're going to do. And by that, I mean, if they're getting the testosterone or whatever else they want to use, they got to make sure they have the post cycle and everything else. Because a lot of people are willing to buy stuff, but then they don't want to spend the extra money for the post cycle and then ends up regretting it later on.
0: 100%, 100%. And I kind of want to spin back to Fortin a bit, talk about your experience there. Because you know, I never really went to high school here. I went to high school overseas. So I kind of see what my cousins say about it. The family I have that went to Fortin is this high school in Dearborn, the biggest one probably in the metro area. And what was it like there? Can I tell you, Middle East, they're very no nonsense there. Teachers are allowed to hit you, teachers can do whatever they want. And you're basically in one classroom the whole time you don't switch classrooms your whole course is laid out for you so that's kind of different from the system i see here so can you give me a kind of description of what you see in Fortson or saw in Fortson when you were there yeah so uh or bullying for back, example too?
1: back when i was going to Fortson, kids graduating eighth grade getting ready for high school used to used to shake at home and be worried about starting their days at Fortson. There were horror stories and a whole bunch of stuff you would hear about Fortson. Fortson I wanna cut you off
0: real quick. Is the freshman hunt a real thing?
1: We'll get to that, we'll get to that. But Fortson back in the day is different than the Fortson is today. Back when I went to Fortson, everything you used to hear about Fortson was true. I don't know what it is about the people, but like even the students there were larger and bigger than the students are today. Like right now you go, you walk into Fortson, you look at the students, they look like they should still be in elementary or middle school. <laughs> You're not lying. Back then, the students at Fortson looked like they were their parents' parents. <laughs> you know, they they were like they looked like they can compete with the professors teaching. You know. So was that the culture there? Like the bit, like? Cause I know the football team is
0: very prevalent in the school. Was that like these guys were the big men on campus? They pretty much ran the show. Yeah,
1: the football team was pretty much the big men on campus. Like. Fortune, you gotta, you gotta breathe football. You gotta, you want your time at that school to go by smoothly. You gotta be cool with somebody on the football team. You gotta have a cousin on the football team. (laughs) Shout out to Eddie Restob. If not, you gotta at least claim somebody as family. You know, back in my time, one of the big guys on campus we had was Dad. Everybody knew who Dad was. And if you're ever going to get into some trouble, first line anybody ever says is, do you know who my cousin is? So whenever someone got into trouble, Moghdad was magically their cousin, and the guys never heard of these people. But for some reason, everyone was related to Mokdad back at the time. But yeah, back at and forth, so man, there was, there was a lot of fights, a lot of drama. Um, even when it came down to things like senior pranks, things were a little more hardcore. Um, the seniors were always the big dogs as they are everywhere else. But there was like a drastic size change between like the seniors and the freshmen at the time. But as I started progressing from freshman year to uh, sophomore, junior, and senior year, eventually, year after year, I realized, like, the kids are getting smaller and smarter. (laughs) Like, back then, you got a 2.0, you were a beast, you know? You were a beast. Like you'd go and parents didn't know anything about like parent teacher conferences. Half the time the parents only spoke in Arabic. So whenever you went to a professor that wasn't Middle Eastern and they're sitting there punking you out in front of your parents during conferences, you look at your family and you tell them, Yeah, he was just telling me that I did a good job in his class. And then your parents start smiling in his face and the professor's all confused as to why you're smiling when he's telling you your son's failing. <laughs> that was the
0: bare minimum right there. No, I kind of got that just too. that. Well, back in the day, can't speak now, 20, I came in here in 2010. I went to high school overseas and I kind of, Middle East, Lebanon to be specific. And I kind of saw that there they had a big emphasis on like math and science and things like that. Here, I feel like now it's catching up to that. But at first, when I saw the education system, I was, I was having to help my cousin's and going to about to go to college help them with algebra one algebra two basic math like that i found there was kind of a discrepancy between the educations like valued open in, in the middle east and that that comes from you too because you have a very you have a family that kind of emphasizes education a lot they all make sure they're all well smart i feel like that's more values taken from the middle east rather than values taken here in america
1: that's true uh education here well i can't even compare to all of america but at least around here the educational system is definitely very different than it was in the middle east a lot of stuff they were taught in middle school and high school there we don't get taught till later in our college years so that's why a lot of people when they come from overseas they seem to be more prepared because the educational system there is more strict and they're more on top of things
0: (laughs) Well, there you go, parents. That's some advice. Send your kids to the Middle East right now. See what happens next five, ten years Okay, guys, so I think we're gonna wrap it up here. And you know, we always end it with a quote. So, Ali, you wanna send us off?
1: Sure. I'll uh, hit you with a quote by the legend himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I like it. He said, Vision creates faith, and faith creates willpower. With faith, There is no anxiety and no doubt, just absolute confidence in yourself.
0: Take that message home, people. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast Between Everything and Nothing. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. And hopefully you guys listen back in soon. See you soon.